Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we discuss Hillbilly Elegy, a movie adapted from the memoir written by J.D. Vance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to State Street. Uh, hey guys, this is the co-host, The Voice, Nick Kleitch, and with me, uh, Jer and Cole. How we doing, boys? Nicholas, it's good to be back in the studio. We've had a kind of a wild week, I would say. Uh, wild week at Sport Radar. You know, we got all the tournaments kicking off. We got basketball. We got hockey going on. It's, it's wild. It's fun, you know, and, and it's good to be back in the booth with you guys. You guys smell that? It's like busy time of year, tournament basketball is going on, it's kind of spring break time, warm air again. Um, I feel like I say that a lot, but it's like, it's really true. And like, this is kind of this time of year, and then like right when we're going from warm to, to, to crisp fall, you know, days, mornings, evenings, like those are my two favorite times of the year. Even being out here where it's sunshine all the time, never snows, uh, it's yeah, it's a great time of year. It's always great to be back with you guys, though. Like I'm pumped to talk about uh, this week's topic. I won't introduce it. I will let Jeremy do the introductions. Uh, but just in in general, you guys, it's a pleasure to be talking to you. Uh, and and hopefully the State Street residents are ready to uh, to to listen in. Good. This is going to be kind of a fun change up to use a baseball term or a curveball to to what we normally are talking about on these episodes. Well, thank you for the kind words, Cole. I uh, I have enjoyed our time here catching up on Sundays. It's always a pleasure to do that outside of recording uh, episodes. But yes, as you alluded to, we are going to do, I, I, I don't know if I'd call it a one-off, but very different approach to what we're talking about in today's episode. And hopefully the residents actually find that as a breath of fresh air. We have a lot of unorthodox things that we're going to be coming across here in, in coming weeks. And I've uh, been very blessed to have a good streamline of future guests for the month of, well, heck, last week of March already, Boars. My goodness, where does the time go? Yeah, I mean, I, last I remembered, it was like three foot of snow on the ground, negative 20. And today, you know, went outside and it was 60 degrees and it was, man, it feels good. No doubt. It's kind of crazy that we're like almost four months removed from the year 2020. We're not going to talk into that too much, but it is kind of crazy to think about. Like we're all like four months is a, is a decent amount of time. And it's like, you get to that six month. It's like, we're halfway, like you're six months removed from, from what was an absolute nutso year. Um, hopefully you guys are having a good 2021. I'm having a good 2021, but, um, Jeremy, I'm going to kick it right back to you, man. Introduce what we're talking about. Let's get into this because I'm excited to, to hear everybody's thoughts and, and get roundtable discussion on this. Absolutely. Yeah. So this actually kind of stems back from the book we read, Andrew Yang, The War on Normal People. He brings up a piece of literature called Hillbilly Elegy. And while we were reading the book, Netflix had released their, their film adaptation of the book, uh, Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. And it's, it's a very good movie. And, and that's what we are dis- discussing today. And, you know, We'll give a we'll give a high level. I'll call it a high level um, introduction to to the movie to the book. You know, it's about a, it's an autobiography basically or a biography basically about J.D. Vance's life. He's a uh, a kid from Appala- uh, Appalachia, United States, so West Virginia. You don't think that kind of area. He grew up, you know, in a in a low income kind of poverty stricken area, and 
he had to basically fight his way out of his social economic class to get where he is now. He's currently, he does a lot of law. He, he went to law school. Very smart individual. And, and we'll get into it more because, you know, where he's from, it's, it's actually very, very, I find this one of the most interesting topics. It's where he's from is education is very kind of looked down on for, for males. So like kind of allude to that later, but like he goes to law school and he's basically living two different lives. He, he, he has his law school life and then he has to come home to a whole different world where, you know, drug use is rampant. His, his mother is, is a very hardcore heroin user. Um, just the quality of living in that town, in that area is just so low from what I think the rest of us in the middle class see, don't understand. And it, it really sheds some light on how much harder people in the lower, lower tiers of the social economic classes have it. And it kind of opened my eyes to, I was like, you know, wow, this is, I didn't know a lot of things about like the, the lower, lower economic class. And like, I don't want to say I, I know everything about it after watching one documentary. I'm not that guy that's going to claim that I'm an expert, but like, it's pretty eye opening. So if you get the chance and you enjoy what we're talking about here, I would highly suggest going and checking out Hillbilly Elegy on Netflix. And if you want, he has a, it, it's adapted from a book. So you you could literally go out and buy the book too. I, I I haven't read the book yet, but I'm I'm betting it's more in depth and maybe even a little better. So, guys, um, before we kind of kick off this this little roundtable discussion, I kind of want to get your thoughts. Like, how did you view the movie? Was there anything that really stood out to you before we get in, or kind of like shocking things? Maybe Cole, why don't we start with you? Well, Jeremy, I appreciate you turning it to me first. Nick did have his hand raised. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to him. Sorry, Nick. Uh, just just so he doesn't yeah forget that. <laughs> Nick, go. No, no worries. No worries. Uh, We're going to come across this road either way. But yeah, I think what really stood out to me was how individually hard it is to, and it's almost in reverse, to be ridiculed for having higher aspirations in life or wanting to get maybe away from uh, an environment that you know, you knew growing up, but also once you go out into the world, realize that maybe, you know, some of the the resources you had or some of the environment, um, as far as like, you know, alcohol and drug abuse and, and low income and like that mentality and, and the, the blanket, um, if you will. And it helped me like really gain perspective, knowing that there's much more of a gap than we think that there is. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's still wild to me that this even goes on or did go on in the world. Um, just because I have grown up in a, a middle-class family my whole life. So that was kind of my first take, uh, Cole, I can pass her back over to you. So the, the, the first kind of thing that was shocking to me, I will say, and it wasn't even shocking. It was just like, Oh, okay. Like this is what we're talking about. Um, it was like one of the first scenes in the movie and he's, he, it's, it's JD Vance depicted as a, a kid, right? A boy. And, uh, I think he's maybe like 11 years old, 12 years old at the time. And he, he's coming home from like a summer in Kentucky to Middletown, Ohio, I think is what it's, I think it was where it was located at. Um, and he's, they're driving back into town and they kind of come under like this, this bridge that has like the Middletown, Ohio sign. And they're driving through town and all these, like, basically like the town is boarded up you see a shot of what it looks like either it was a, an abandoned manufacturing plant or an abandoned like steel mill. Um, and then you're kind of, you're kind of seeing they, they, they even mentioned, they mentioned themselves as hill people and they're mentioning that 
you, you see kind of like the it, what looks to what's depicted as a drug deal going down and how it early on the the directors and and the people who made this movie show you that when there's a small to or when there's a little to no job market how quickly and how impactfully that hurts a community that was clearly according you know, based on what you see in the movie and in these scenes and these shots was a thriving town at one point yeah absolutely and like that kind of leads me to our our first major point in this movie first major theme under class and social mobility really introduced right off the bat in in hillbilly elegy when he goes to it he's going to a dinner for um to get a, I believe it's an internship or a, a summer job at a, at a law firm, and immediately one of the guys at this um, at this law firm dinner, you know, he he asks him, "Where'd you go to college?" And he says, "Ohio State University." And immediately he's written off by this dude because it's not a prestigious university. It's it's not something that is average, and like that was the top tier for JD coming out of military. Like it is so much harder, basically what I'm trying to say for him to move up in the world because the people higher than him will always look down on him for where he's been. And like, it's hard. Like you think about it, like I'm, I went to a a university and like, I've, I guess I've seen it a little bit where I've interviewed at places where it's like, Oh, you went, didn't go to a prestigious school. You don't get a job here. But like this dude faces that at every, tier every level of education where the dude had to i mean he had to go to the mill he had to be he's had served in iraq before he even went to college because he couldn't pay for college goes to the ohio state the university of ohio state sorry and then has to fight just to get a job in law school where he can't like like screw up at all and he has no idea how to um how to act around quote-unquote rich people like he literally has to call his girlfriend to figure out what fork he has to use for salad so like it's it's one of those like the social mobility thing comes back to bite you because dude you don't know how to interact with people above your class. It's it's extremely hard like I'm sure JD would fit in fine with like a middle class but like he's going from the lowest to the low to you know top tier right here and I mean like people don't expect that out of him. People don't expect you to even like climb out of that lower class, right? Like that's why everyone in Middleton, Ohio is is kind of like stuck in their ways where it's like a super different world for JD. It's it's much harder. It's much more, I don't really know the, the right word, but it's like sometimes like people don't want to want to move up in the class either. And we'll get onto that later. But what did you kind of think about that? Like that first opening scene, that was, that one was one that really kind of like shocked me. Like, wow, that's, that's something you don't really see every day where it's like, oh, this dude doesn't know how to use which fork or doesn't really get the respect because he went to a state school. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little troubling. But at the same time, I think maybe a lot more of that goes on than what we ever think and know. And then my second point is more so as uh, I'm thinking out loud, it's cool to know, or at least he didn't just accept the lifestyle given to him. And that's one thing that is unchangeable is what you were born into and what you see. And sometimes you can run away um, from an idea because of what that status is and, and feeling weird, even though you take that same individual and place them in a different environment 
and they are looked at as like fully competent. And so it's too bad they have the reaction that they do just because like from a judgment perspective, like it's never good to like, but to them, you know, they have these expectations too. It's just so different on different ends of the spectrum. And um, so that was one thing that was like, you know, I think he developed more of an ability to fight because of that. But at the same time, you know, people that get born into those situations, they didn't ask for it. And so knowing that he was able to manage and at least attempt to get out and go to college, I think is, is very admirable, but hopefully, hopefully I'm addressing what you're saying and not rambling. <laughs> well, kind of, we, as, as we come to find out, uh, he, you know, later on in the movie, he had to grow up really fast, right? Like, we we learned that you know he had to get a job and he had to like take care of his grandma and live around the grandma's house and and it was essentially he ended up having to make a conscious choice of like all right I'm gonna pull my shit together so I can get out of here and like I can be something and be somebody and make something of of this life that I have um, instead of just being like everybody and and you know some people may listen to this and be like this is a cliche message guys and. Uh, I mean, go, go listen to the movie or go watch the movie for yourself. You're, you know, it's, uh, the story is very real. And so it's, it's interesting to see that this is kind of how it played out. But, um, Jeremy, kind of back to the, the first point you were talking about, as far as at the very beginning, he's kind of a cast out, like a cast out in both, in both worlds that he's living in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In both worlds he's living in, because we see this side that he's, he's at Yale law school. And yeah, he, he did his undergrad. It sounds like at the, at Ohio state university. And then he's doing law school at Yale, which it's like, okay, he clearly would have had to work extremely hard to get from point a being Ohio state university doing his undergrad to Yale law school. Right. There's a lot that would go into that. Um, and he, you know, in the movie, like you said, Jeremy, he's depicted in that scene as they're looking down on him for going to the, going to the Ohio state university and, uh, and having a grandfather that worked in steel and coming from a community that is, you know, it's looked down upon because it's, it's not thriving or it was once thriving. And, and the, the labor market has since left like those blue collar jobs just weren't there anymore. Um, and also, you know, when we see him on kind of coming back to where he grew up, he's a cast out there because it's like, well, you left us, you know, you're not a part of us anymore. You thought you were too good. And instead of being, you know, what we would all love is to be welcomed back to the community where we grew up, having been the person that is trying to make the most of, of the opportunity they've been given, trying to make something of themselves to make their family proud or to be that stable steady hand one of the stable steady hands along with his sister in the movie um you know as a part of that family and so uh it it's i mean i've never felt that so i have no idea like what that feels like i've always had a, an awesome support system i've always loved the fact that i could go home and and feel welcome um and so it's interesting to see that yeah he's kind of a cast out in both both of these worlds high high class and low class that that he is a part of yeah, and I can only imagine going through that struggle and trying to like be able to hold firm to your identity. Because I think when you're in those situations, you don't know any different. Um, obviously he had a sense like from visiting different places and just like, oh, okay, this is maybe not a, a healthy lifestyle to live or seeing what I'm seeing is that's 
that shouldn't be normal, even though it is. Um, but it, it is really too bad that him trying to, to go out and, and do better things is like making other people feel bad, even though, you know, that's just his own choice and aspiration. So it's pretty hypnotizing, I think, for, for him and for any kid going through that, because that, that's what they think is reality. But um, yeah. No, this leads perfectly into my next point. It's much easier to move down the social social economic totem pole than it is up, and especially in you know cases like JD, and he kind of touches on it where like his community used to be like a booming metropolis of steel, and since the steel industry is kind of somewhat basically dried up at that point in that area, drug use is kind of just running out of um kind of running rampant, I guess. All their blue collar jobs have dried up, so. A lot of these people that have skills that are no longer needed have no idea what to do, and they grow up. They see, like, the people growing up in those communities see, like, oh, these guys are, like, they have no one to look towards. They don't have, like, a job to look for in the future. They don't have, like, much at all in their community to look for. So, like, they either can leave their community and become an outcast, or they stay in the same area, and as the community declines, so does their quality of living, and, like, I th- I found that very very interesting because I've never lived like in an area where like the quality of living has declined while I've gotten here. Every place I've been fortunate enough to live in, my quality of living has improved as as time gets out, goes on. So it's like this is kind of backwards to me. Like now he's got to grow up around rampant drug use. He doesn't have any like any jobs in the area he can look forward to, but he's still pushes through to you know get to that that next air next level and like that's that's kind of what like is super eye-opening because no one in that area is known for that no one really like does that and i don't know that was that was something that really stood out to me well to to that point jeremy and kind of what you're talking about with you know with the jobs leaving and everything you know speaking from experience of being someone that has moved across the country has has moved away from their family to pursue a dream really um it's it's a lot easier said than done as far as just picking up and moving you know where a job takes you or where a job asks you to go you know i was able to do it just because i don't have a family of my own or i you know i i don't have uh, anything that's that's holding me other than my family, you know, being back in Iowa and having friends there. But, you know, I'm still fortunate enough that I can sit on a, a Zoom call or a, a FaceTime, like, and, and talk to them regularly. I'm just not there in person, right? And it's it's a lot easier to, to do it when you're a 24-year-old single guy, like, pursuing a, a job that you want to work in. Whereas if you are, you're born and raised in that area, you have a wife, you have kids, and the job you you are working a steady job that yeah maybe it's considered blue collar but it's paying you very good it's keeping your family afloat and then all of a sudden that 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 job market's dried up those jobs aren't available anymore or they're just simply not needed kind of like you're saying and it's not as simple as just picking your family up uprooting them from their friends from the school they're going to from from their extended family from from papa and mama and uh and just moving to where there are jobs or where, you know, where there's jobs are going. Cause kind of like we read with the Andrew Yang book and like this, this movie was depicting, it's not like those jobs were just moving from one place to another, right? Like they were just, they're, they're not needed anymore. They're, they're non-existent. They're gone. They're cut. They're not available. The, 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 those folks who were doing those jobs are left completely empty handed. It's not a shift. And so, uh, 
that's yeah that it's it's not as simple as just moving well and and to that point cole and i think this is maybe what a, not the the primary source but what attributes to uh some of the the lukewarm still pond water is that change is very hard and you're seeing it with these people that they can't just physically i mean they could but the challenge of actually just like going to a place and removing yourself entirely with no direction is very frightening and i think that's maybe to a, a larger scheme to issue how you know we can speak it into existence and just say hey yeah you know they should move they should reestablish and and do all that but then when you when you watch a movie like this it makes you realize it's it's not as easy as that they, there's some serious amounts of work involved with getting to where uh jd came from to there but collectively as a whole it kind of settles into all right if you're not from that you know social economic class it's so much harder and more complex than we think oh yeah if you just you know give them a stimulus check or, or this or that you know well moving isn't cheap either and you, and you got to realize the the houses they're going to try to sell are going to be worth vastly less than the houses they're going to try to buy into an area where there's going to be growth, where it's going to be prospering. So more than likely, it's extremely hard for someone that doesn't have a job or has been working minimum wage jobs for 70 hours a week to actually afford a job, like a, a house in a, a booming market. So like, they're kind of stuck. Like, I, I don't know any other way to put it, but like, a lot of these people get stuck in where they were grown up, where they're living, because it's it's just too expensive. There's we'll talk about it later, the money thing, but like it's hard to leave. It's really hard to leave. And then like, yeah. And then it's like you also see it in the actually Nick, take it away, because I, I have a I'll go off on a tangent pretty much after your uh after yes, you take yeah. her away. Yeah, well, Jeremy, real quick, I just want to say what isn't hard, though, is uh, is going over to driftlessqualityware.com, I believe, uh, or correct me if I'm wrong, uh, to go check out the new uh, and cool things that they're doing. Uh, we had Jake Dale on recently, and uh, it's always great to know that our partners over there are still moving and shaking. And uh, it sounds like they have a whole new uh, clothing line coming out here for the spring summer season so again you guys can use us to go uh, to check out to get that discount off the cart um, and then along that line too and in, in the covid uh, lifestyle that we've come from they're trying to do a really cool thing as far as picking up trash goes jeremy could you just address that a little bit and then we'll uh, we'll get right back on yeah, as Jake Dale graciously informed us of it about last episode, and we've been preaching to you guys for the last uh, probably six, eight weeks about it, they've initiated their Corona cleanup. So for every item you purchase from Driftless Quality Wear, they will go pick up a pound of trash from their local area parks. So guys, you know, hit up, hit up State, or not hit up State Street, that's us. Hit up Driftless Quality Wear. Maybe even go subscribe to their newsletter so you can be notified of deals or anything coming out in the upcoming weeks. But guys, that brings me to our next point. Um, how education is viewed in in Appalachia and kind of like the lower income areas because I thought this was extremely shocking. And we think of education as as something that will bring us to a higher level. That's why we do this podcast. That's why we read. That's why we went to college is we want more knowledge because in the future, knowledge is power to us. And, and knowing more things to us makes us more money, I, I guess is a better word. Or knowing more things makes us happier or increases our quality of life. Well, 
as JD kind of kind of describes in Hillbilly Elegy, education is kind of like smart people are looked at really like down down upon. If you're smart, you're an outcast, you're a loser, you're a nerd, you're a sissy, and like all these words are kind of just thrown towards the smart people. And it's really hard to thrive in an environment where you're thought of as like the lowest of the low when you're trying to, you know, improve your quality of life and tr- try to like get out up, I guess. And it's, it's, it's hard because how are, how do you, how do you expect your children or the next generation to, to leave, to get a better job, to get a better opportunity when their peers think that they're losers for, for, you know, going to school and getting good grades and, you know, like you see it in the movie where JD's friends actually like, he stops, like he goes from a really good student to like a DF student because of his friends, like his friends want him to hang out. And I'm sure we'll talk about how he recovers that from later. But like, I don't know if you guys had ever faced that, but I, I don't know. I thought this was pretty shocking because I've always, you know, correlated education with success. Whereas when we, we see it in the movie, you know, education is correlated with being a loser or, or someone else in, in the movie in this context. Well, in this in this movie, I mean, where he's from, blue collar and being great with your hands and being being a, an extremely hard worker is glorified, right? And that's not wrong. There's that's you know, in no sense of the the imagination or no sense of the word is that wrong. That's that's just what's glorified in that area. You know, they came, it was a it was a steel mill town, and that wasn't there anymore. And they were kind of behind the times as far as what's the next step? How do we stay advanced? How do we keep people working? I mean, they just, it, 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 there was no shift. There was no progression. It was just board up the town and abandon the, the actual, the steel mill building itself. Um, and so when you come from a lifestyle and we don't, I mean, I don't, I can't relate to this, right? So I can only imagine what it was like, but through kind of the, the depiction of the movie, but when you come from a place that blue collar is glorified and that's like, that is the gold standard. It's like you, like if you are, if you're putting in your hours for the week and you're really great at working with your hands and you can put in an honest day's work for, you know, the, for the work week and then enjoy your weekends. That's, that's glorified. And in Middletown, Ohio, that's, that's what was glorified. And JD makes this move, right, to Yale Law School where knowledge is glorified and the more you know is power and the knowledge is power kind of mantra does play. And coming from a, an area where blue collar is glorified, people see JD in that light and they're like, he's a blue collar guy. He's, that's what he's grown up around. And, and the, the negative perception, unfortunately, is something that follows him when really he doesn't deserve it at all. And he's, he's done everything in his power, used all the resources to his disposal to shed that, uh, from himself that he, so that he can build the life that he wants and separate himself from the, the negative, you know, the negative perception, the negative connotation, the negative image that even, um, kind of even, even his family, brings into his life and, and the stresses and the the problems that he has to deal with throughout the movie. Well, and another thing that had really stood out to me um, in this, this film was 
the importance and the relevance of getting getting people around you to support what you're trying to accomplish and how even you know maybe just having a, a teacher or having a counselor or a coach or some person in your life to believe in you it's amazing how the human spirit can respond to that and though jd have you know went through his adversities um just seeing that like when he got to that next tier that there are actually people that that do support you they're just maybe not in the version of of a mother or a sister or someone from your you know your current situation and i i also think that people don't want other they don't want to know other people are doing just a little bit better or much better than them because it's a for some reason a defense mechanism or what have you but that's the other thing too i think they were just scared of him like maybe turning on them or challenging and saying hey maybe this isn't the lifestyle that we want to uh to go through um but then that forces people to change and and that's a whole nother uh well and nick kind of to to that point in their eyes i mean he left them right and so exactly. it was the the it was the feeling of you left us you turned your back on us when in reality through jd's eyes it's no i i'm just trying to build the best life i can I want to get out. I don't want to end up like this. I don't want to end up, you know, working at the radio shack in Middletown, Ohio, uh, where, you know, got kids coming in and stealing calculators. He didn't want that. And trying to trying to get leaving that. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't a common thing coming from Middletown, Ohio. Right. And it's like the the first one through the wall always gets bloody. Right. And it's. It's not it's not an it's not going to be an easy situation leaving your family to pursue something that isn't glorified where you came where you come from. People are like people are naturally going to question you and question that decision and question that move of why would you leave us and why would you go, you know, to this fancy school where all these rich folk are, you know, sipping drinking wine and and eating meals with six different forks that kind of like you alluded to Jeremy. And so um it's it, it kind of goes back it goes back to what I said earlier. It's like he's living in these two vastly, vastly different worlds and trying to coexist and meet the demands of both dealing with a family that is falling apart and also trying to get his career off and running at a point where it's like he's having to interview and he's having to meet a lot of people and sh- present himself in, in a very, very positive and, and educated image. Um, when you know behind the scenes there's a lot of shit going on with him personally and 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 with his family that's 10 hours away yeah i'm i'm glad we're talking about this two different worlds because there was a you know two different parts of jd's life that really kind of stuck out to me in this and this is the first part is when you know he skipped out on homework and went out and started drinking with his buddies and he's like 14 and they go break into where one of his buddies got fired and they they trash the place, and then they drive the car, and they get the get in a wreck, and it's written off as boys being boys. Where then he goes, uh, then we see him in, in law school, right? He's at this dinner and right Yale Yale Law School, and someone asked him the undergrad question, and he's completely written off for that. Where you know he's getting written off from his from his community because he's not doing the boys doing boys being boys thing anymore, and he's getting written off from his current life because he's not prestigious enough, and it's it's hard like whatever he's ever like everything he's known and, and we're coming back to the, my first point is it's not enough like nothing he can ever do at this point of his life is ever enough 
and it's it's hard. And education comes back, and education will always be probably one of the biggest things in JD's life. Where even when he succeeds, he has to succeed six or seven times, or succeed at a rate six or seven times higher than his his next closest competitor because he's got Middleton, Tennessee tied to his name. He's got Appalachia tied to his name. He's that's not an area very well known for for scholars. And I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but. His claim to like his family's claim to fame is he, like he he's part of the family that started the Hatfields McCoy feud, and and if you don't know know about that, it's it's basically two uh, two um, different families that were living in the Appalachian Mountains, and um, basically in a nutshell, they just killed each other a lot, and like that's the connotation that is connected to him is a bunch of hill hill people, and they even call they Cole said they even call themselves hill people, and he he's got to shake all of that. And and just to be successful, just to get an education, just to you know get to that next level where where he's not living in Middleton, Tennessee for the or Middleton, Ohio for the rest of his life. And you know that was that's really what stuck out to me is like he's got to fight everyone that is holding him back. Where you know someone like me, I have people that are are pushing me forward. Like my family always pushed me towards education. They didn't push me away from education. His mother. Pulls literally, she's a very smart woman, but she just pulls him away from from education because of all the stuff that is going on in her life. His friends pull him away from education. It's it's hard. I I, I don't know other like I'm using the word it's hard a lot two words because like there's no other way to describe it. Like the guy, it's self. I mean, the only other yeah. way you could describe it, Jeremy, is his selfish behavior. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, that is yeah. And JD has to be the one that that acts unselfishly or have the servant heart um because he can't just when a guy at a, a dinner at yale calls him a redneck he can't just punch that guy in the face right that's not the proper thing to do maybe that would fly in middletown ohio where he's from but he can't do that sitting in a banquet hall at yale at you know yale at, at a dinner with people who you're relying on to give you a job or to get you an interview um and in contrast to that he he can't just he can't sit down and politely speak with you know the junkie that's dating his mom who's got his mom hooked on heroin you know he it's the idea that he, he this guy is calling his mom a bunch of names derogatory things and saying like saying a bunch of crap about her and there's there's no thought or there's no there's no possibility of having just a sit down conversation or you know, getting an apology from that person. It's, I'm going to go beat the crap out of this person because he's talking bad about my mom. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's hard. It is like, it is hard, but it's, it's selfish behavior and having, I I can only imagine what it's like having to be the one acting unselfishly, having to be the, the servant's heart of serving others and, and taking into account, you know, all of these other people in all of these different worlds coming into your life and affecting yours um you know kind of throughout the movie more 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 often than not in a negative way well cole to use your really well put um foundation there uh, i think that is the other message or the final message i had was you know even though all of the stuff is going on it's just a beautiful movie on on the human spirit and and moving forward and consistently trying at least for yourself to be able to handle adversities and 
uh, do, you know, live the, the good life. And uh, it's not so unfortunate that throughout the, the movie, they uh, ridicule him for just wanting to excel in life. I mean, I think that should be everyone's goal is uh, to reach the next level or to continue to evolve. And um, it kind of put me into perspective as well, too, uh, needing to have much more gratitude in my life that I didn't have to overcome some of these things um, just to get to where I am. So that was uh, like my last point is is keep fighting the good fight for it will repay you at some point down the road. Yeah, and it's never enough. Like anything anyone from that area can do to improve themselves, it's never enough to kind of bring them out of their their social economic class. And, and, and like that's tying in the, the upper class mobility where it's very hard. And, you know, they, the next point I really want to bring up is there's never enough money to solve their problems in, in the area. And that doesn't mean like, oh, we're, we're going to go throw them another $1,000 a month or, you know, another $3,000 a month, whatever. It's There's always going to be more problems in their area than there is money to solve and opportunity to give. They're, they're a community that, that lacks well-paying, well-paying jobs and, and basically enough jobs for, for the community. They have to usually work harder. Like most, um, most families, they're like, their sole income person or their two income earners are probably working 60 hours a week at least just to support their family like there's there's not much wiggle room for them if like i want to go back to like an andrew yang book like there's a lot of people in america that you know if a, a major bill like a 600 dollars bill came across their plate they would have they would very much struggle to pay for this that 600 dollars bill and you know a lot of these people stem from low social economic classes similar to where JD comes from and i'm sure uh, this is this is just a hunch but i'm sure a lot of people in middleton middleton ohio would struggle just just to pay a very you know very average bill for someone like me or you where you know middle class okay we we have a 600 dollar bill but we're not going to fret it's not going to change our lives like a like a 500 600 dollar bill would change their lives and you know it's tough because they don't have the jobs to to really thrive they don't believe I, I shouldn't say they don't believe education is much harder like education isn't stressed so it's hard to even like come out of these these different situations and you know the money problem is real there and it leads to a lot and a lot of problems well and oh go ahead cole oh okay sorry i thought you were going to talk <laughs> um well and to that point too jeremy um, being able to try to become as an adaptable person as possible. Um, I think that would be, that is a great life skill is knowing that, you know, things aren't necessarily permanent forever and that change is possible. And that the more you can like on a day-to-day -day basis, week by week basis, continue to improve. And like you guys said, it might be a little cliche, like way of like us being motivational here on the podcast, but it's, it's a healthy reminder. It really is. Movies like this ground you to understand that, boy, if maybe I don't have all of the adversities and the hoops to jump through, that maybe I could get after a little bit further and use my resources that I do have available to me. Well, yeah, and, and it goes back to that change thing you brought up. Like, change is very scary, especially, like, I mean, when I, when I didn't have a job, like, if I thought about moving out or anything, like I was extremely scared because I, I couldn't afford it. Now I can't imagine, you know, 
being in one of their shoes where like you can't like you can't afford something you can't afford to to move you can't afford to like do anything and without you know having that money fear and and a lot of them and because of that have like rely on welfare to supplement their incomes and like it's hard to change like from that like you know like the welfare is a steady income you know that your 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 job may fluctuate right you may not have that job in a couple of weeks something like that so it's hard to really change out of those habits that you know will be there for you especially with like all the you know all the issues we talked about before where you know it's extremely it's one of their it's like one of the only things that is consistent in their lives is is like a government welfare check or you know I don't know. It's tough. Like, like, I guess the best way to say it is like their, their situation is, is just so much more advanced than I had ever even like grasped. Like before this movie, I, I was like, Oh, why don't they just get a better job? Why don't they, you know, why don't they go to school? Why don't they, you know, go to a lot, like, uh, get, get their masters. Well, you know, this movie actually answered a lot of questions for me and I'm sure it did for you guys. Like, it's just not attainable. It's just not looked on as a, as a, a goal, I should say. And I don't know, this really like the, the money situation, everything really opened my eyes to that. Well, you guys talk about kind of all these things and it makes me, it just kind of reminds me of, of a great partner we have in Chi town blankets. Uh, in the city of Chicago, Illinois, where a lot of these problems can pop up. Obviously, Chicago is one of the biggest cities in the world, a lot of people. um, But within that includes a lot of struggling people, right? And that's one problem that that Chi-Town Blankets is trying to solve uh, by doing something that's so simple. uh, It may seem simple. It may seem elementary, but it's so powerful in the form of giving folks who are without homes or without blankets, without adequate clothing, um, a, a blanket to keep them warm at night throughout the winter um, and, and a, a little ray of hope, right? And I'm sure, you know, in this movie, as we saw with, with JD and, and as we see with our partners at Chi-Town Blankets, a ray of hope can do so much good and it can change a life or it can change so many lives. Um, and it's such a powerful thing to be able to change one life because that, that then affects so many, right? Um, and that's exactly what Chi-Town Blankets, Dom Hilsheim, uh, Jack Thode, all the great people working at Chi-Town Blankets and who have partnered with Chi-Town Blankets. We're not the only partner. And, and if you follow them on social media, you'll see how many awesome partners they have. Um, so shout out to all their other partners because it's, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating thing they're doing. If people want to, uh, to donate, you can do so on the website via monetary donation or actual physical blanket donation. They're always looking for, for more blankets. They're trying to fill up storage facilities. Um, and then you can also subscribe to the newsletter, stay up to date on all the new partners they're getting, stay up to date on all the cool things they're doing, all the cool initiatives they're doing, all the different ways that they're trying to, to raise blankets, raise funds, get donations, uh, get people in the know of what's going on, the true problems that are arisen and, uh, and, and truly make a difference in the city of Chicago. And even as of late, uh, in the city of, in the state, in the state of Texas. Um, so kind of Jeremy, to your point, just, just getting back on track, you know, we talk all these things that you guys were talking about beforehand is one big problem, you know, as far as not having enough funds to, to make a true difference or to make a true change or to make real fixes that would then prompt change is yeah, they have to essentially slap band-aids on 
things that are in need of true fix or in need of true change, right? And that's where you where we talk about you have a lack of of well-paying work or stable jobs or a lack of opportunity, you know, it's necessary then the band-aids are continuously put on things that uh need true change, need an upgrade, need a, a facelift, quote unquote, of, you know, how how are we going to move forward? And when you when you're continuously slapping band-aids, you're not planning for the future or setting yourself up for advancement or progression. You're more so staying put where you're at and in doing so, there really is no stagnant state, right? It's either you're moving forward and you're getting better or you're staying the same or getting worse, right? I I believe that they're they're one and the same almost or can be. If if you're staying the same, you're honestly getting worse because there are city cities or communities that are making the effort, that are moving forward that and it's and it's no fault of the, you know, of Middletown, Ohio. It's because they do have a lack of opportunity and they do have a lack of funds that can prompt change and can prompt opportunity. I like how you you bring up that we'll make this quick and I like how you bring up the band-aid analogy because you know there the steel work that or the steel mill that was closed in Middleton town Middleton or Ohio um you know man it's you're just really one struggling with that <laughs> dude Middleton Tennessee Middleton Ohio I'm sorry guys the the steel mill in Middleton Ohio was basically band-aided up boarded up and instead of you know maybe demolishing that or um, renovating it to, you know, bring in white collar jobs or, or bring in more opportunities. They, they just can't afford, the community can't afford to make that change, right? They're, they're really, it's, it's really sad because not m- much can be done with that steel mill as is because it's run down, it's destroyed, but not much can be done to improve it because it's going to be expensive. So they're stuck. Basically, they're stuck with this big, rusty, 70-year-old building that they can't get rid of. And I, I believe he literally calls it like an eyesore or something, where it used to be, it used to be like the booming metropolis of, of Middleton, Tennessee, or Middleton, wow, there it is again, Middleton, Ohio. And then it's now an eyesore sitting in the middle of Middleton. And it like, it's, it's to no, it's not to their fault. It's to the, the opportunities that are no longer present that um, allow the community and allow the people to advance in their lives. Yeah. I, uh, well, let me ask this question um, just as we're making some really strong final uh, thoughts on, on this, uh, this movie. Um, Do you guys have anything else? I I do have kind of one more prompt that I'd like to talk on, but I just want to make sure we're covering all of our bases, Jeremy. Hit it, Nick. And then we will have one just very small final point. Sure. Okay. the last thing I'm going to say on a more positive note is your th- this movie also made me realize you're w- probably one relationship away from showing your kindness as such a strength for someone that we m- may see in face value, but understand that they went through maybe the same thing or a little bit less of what JD went through. And so it is important. You never know when you are going to come across individuals like that. You might be the one that they see as the only person in their life that have given them like a positive supporting vibe. So that's why it's a personal big push for me to always try to to help out as much as possible because there are people out there that, you know, they've been 
through much more of a ringer than than what I've had in my personal life and, and what we've had. So you can make a difference, believe that you can make a difference. And not just saying that on a soapbox, I, I do firmly believe that you never know how the, the universe works. But uh, that was my final point, Jeremy. I'll swing it back over to you and then uh, we could get out of here. No, we'll uh, we'll wrap this episode up on a, a hopefully lighter note. I mean, the, this episode's kind of been more serious, kind of more more of the struggles about what's going on that we don't know. But you know, the last major point of the movie was the the family, the support system. He didn't really have a, like a mother or father to lean back on, but he had Maimon Papa or Maimon and Papa. I I don't really I struggle with those words because I kind of I I call you know I I've heard so many different variations, but that's here neither near here nor there. But you know, he has his grand- grandmother who is literally pushing him through middle school and high school and she is raising him on her government like all she has is an income is a government welfare check so she's in the movie you literally see her she's like she's eating like 30% of what she would normally eat and what resulted was that JD had the probably one of the most powerful support systems and like he talks about it like it's extremely important to have a powerful support system in coming from an area like that where everyone is every i shouldn't say everyone every all of your outside influences are pulling you one way but he has that that person to come back to that's going to keep him grounded keep him centered keep pushing him to be a better person and you know that was that was kind of cool to see where like not everyone gets that and, and he talks about it. like he's he's like the case study for i'll use that in quotes for how like you should look to to move up the social economic from the lowest to the low to like a middle tier or you know maybe he I think he may be even higher because you know he's a lot he he went in a lot but I don't I thought it was really cool to find that he he was able to get someone there that was for him and, and on his team. Well, it's always awesome to have somebody to fall back to as as Jeremy, like you said, as you're as your saving grace or kind of as your safety net when when you do begin to question kind of what you're doing or when you do begin to question am i on the right track am i making the right decisions are these things that i'm doing or the things that i want the visions that i'm having are they the right ones or am i just full of malarkey and are the things i want not realistic for the life that i'm living or the place that i come from um and it's I'm I'm really lucky because I've I've always had folks kind of like Jeremy like you said before we got going or or maybe we were going uh that they're not pulling you back they're pushing you forward right and it's more it's then more so your job to not get sped up too fast to not get way ahead of yourself or or overwork yourself or to to burn yourself out because you have such a driving force behind you whereas if you have people pulling you back or or push or constantly pulling you down the the struggle then lies or the the failure then lies in just being completely worn down to the point that you give in to the the idea that you'll never get out that you're just going to be like everybody else and that that life is completely unattainable and that it's a fantasy land that only certain people get to live and uh you know it it is tough because you know it's the the ideology behind the whole thing is like, it's the American dream, right? You can come from nothing or you can come from what would be considered blue collar or low income and, and make something incredible of yourself, such as going to Yale law school and, you know, getting yourself through that and getting a really great job and setting yourself up to have a, 
a really, really awesome life. Um, but yeah, man, the, the, you should never forget those people that, that keep you on that path and that keep you on the, the path of most resistance instead of shifting focus to the path of least resistance that looks appetizing, that looks easy to walk down where all your friends are, are calling you to come with them on. Uh, and, and maybe, and, and, you know, even when it does look like something that, that would be, be, would suit you better or would be better for, uh, your future just to be around your family, to stay where you are, to stay stagnant, um, being able to keep your eye on the prize, keep the, keep focus, keep, uh, keep, keep, yeah, I guess focus for lack of a better term. I'm, I'm having words escape me now. I'm talking way too much. I'm rambling. Um, but yeah, keeping focus of, of the end goal and, and what you truly want and what the, the, the true vision is. No, I'll, I'll leave our listeners with this. Everybody loves a rags to riches story, but no one ever really gets to see what goes in behind the scenes and how much hard work actually, it actually takes. Like, yeah, we say everyone wants the American dream. Well, who's like, who's going to push you? Who's going to, who's going to push you to become that better person? Who, who's going to keep you on that uh, straight path, straight and narrow path? It's hard. And, and this movie describes it to a T about how hard it is for some people to actually do, their, do the American dream. And I, I still believe the, the American dream can be attained. I, I'm not going to say I don't think that it can, but I think there is definitely less opportunities for people who, who are kind of stuck in this situation, who are, are stuck in the lower, lower social economic class. And I, I, I don't really know how to how to really help other than say we got to figure out kind of like how we can make just being successful a really really like a goal and like make education fun or cool again i don't know i'm not gonna ever run for president but i mean i i think it's it's extremely cool that he had a support system that pushed him through i think it's extremely cool that he um he didn't step away from education when it was when it would have been easy to. And you know, this is this is a great movie if you're if you're like, all right, I want to learn more about the American dream. I want to learn more about what's what's actually going on in in America for the people that actually have to work the hardest just to survive. Yeah, it's a, it's a very healthy reminder of just perspective of what you have, um, and then also what to be grateful for. Before I get us out of here, Jeremy, do you want to go ahead and plug our social media? Yeah, guys, if you enjoyed the episode or have enjoyed any pre previous episodes, you can find us on three major platforms. I'm sorry, guys, we don't have a TikTok yet. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. It is at State Street Pod. Instagram is State Street Pod. And Facebook is State Street Podcast. Very good. I appreciate it. And to all of our residents uh, that are wondering if we are going to get a TikTok, we have a business meeting this week for the State Street Gang. So we're not sure if that'll roll out or not. We'll, we'll certainly <laughs> keep you guys in the loop there. but. Uh, just in, uh, in wrapping up here, thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. Know that other people's opinions of you does not define who you are. And if you haven't had that mentor or that individual in your life, you can become one as JD did. So uh, give the movie a watch. It's uh, It was really fun to talk on it in this kind of one-off uh, episode structure for us. But we are going to turn this boat uh, to a very, very deep and unique uh, next book. And, and we're super pumped uh, as always to bring on some interesting folks here coming up. So thank you guys again for listening. And until next time, guys.